He occupies in the kingdom the seat of authority and position of a high overseer, gifted with both administration and a phenomenal preaching gift. He's known for being articulate in both the development and the delivery of his messages. He's a modern-day John the Baptist, a forerunner for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he makes hell nervous whenever he walks in the door. Christian world, we are honored tonight to have with us at Return Revival Night 2 the incredible ministry of the Reverend Samuel Rodriguez. Would you please welcome him as he comes? Before you're seated, I'm, I'm truly honored and blessed. Now, I just, there's so, and then we want to, are there any questions? Because we, we want to get there. Pastor Jason and Katie, we're, thank you. Just thank you for having me. Thank you. You've honored me. Bishop, indeed. Give it up for the best pastors on the planet, please. Now, y'all need to understand a little bit of where I'm coming from. I'm going to let you be seated in a moment here. I come from California. Now, y'all don't, y'all in Texas, y'all don't get that. The following statements, feel free to do your Google due diligence to make sure it's not fabricated, hype, hyperbole, amplified, evangelistically amplified. Do your Google due diligence to find out if I'm making this up. In the state of California where I come from, it is illegal today for you to gather in churches and worship the Lord the way we're worshiping him right now. Not making that up. How about this? It is illegal to have a prayer service in your home. Y'all didn't know that. Google it through executive decree. From the governor's office. Oh, Lord bless them. You cannot gather at homes for a prayer service, a religious or faith fellowship of any nature. Now, there, there must be a reason why the enemy unleashed a pandemic while simultaneously working via the conduit of totalitarian governmental mindsets for the purpose of shutting down the church. What does the, what intelligence, what intel does the enemy have that this year he unleashed a pandemic and simultaneously said the only thing that could push back on this is the church. So let me try to shut down the physical gatherings of the church. What is the enemy aware of? For your prayerful consideration, I want you to consider the following prophetic supposition. What if we are at the precipice of the greatest outpouring of God's Spirit in the history of mankind? 
what if I'm prophesying to you now what if all of hell was unleashed because the devil knows that we are about to experience an awakening where more people will come to Jesus than ever before in the history of humanity. I'm here to tell you the next thing to fill the earth will not be COVID-19, 20, 21, or 22. The next thing to fill the earth will be the glory of the risen Christ. If you believe it, shout like you know and praise like you know it. you to look at your neighbor and tell them I'm not kidding something amazing is coming your way don't say it like you believe it tell your other neighbor something amazing is coming your way tell somebody behind you something amazing is coming your way that's why all hell has been unleashed to stop you 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 write this down you are about to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of You and your family are about to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. So if you've been, the enemy has not been attacking you because of the foolish things you did in your past. He has been attacking you because of the glorious things you're about to acquire and possess in your future. So, don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. There's an awakening that will lead to a revival that will lead to cultural reformation. That's the prophetic evolutionary trajectory of what's forthcoming. There's an awakening. It requires the church to wake up. As the apostle Paul to the church in the book of Ephesians. Wake up y'all. Wake up full of the Holy Spirit. God says wake up. There's an awakening. That's awakened. That's why the church can't be in a fetal position. We're not a bunch of whiners. We're, we're, we're not defeated. We are not perpetual members of the victimology club. We are the church. It's time for us to act like the church. Preach like the church. Worship like the church. Cast out devils like the church. Set the captive free like the church. Heal the sick like the church. We are the church. Are there any questions? Let me give you the word and then there's the word of the Lord from 1 Samuel. I'm going to tell you what the Spirit of God placed in my heart for you. I just had to get that off my prophetic chest. It, the word, it's, a, it's an edgy word. It's a little bit different. Again, there's a lot behind this prophetically, but y'all know the story. 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30. Three days later when David and his men arrived home, at Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They carried off the women and the children and everyone else. When David and his men saw the ruins, ruins, and realized what happened to their families, the Bible says they wept until they could weep no more. They got into a pit, they wept. They did it. They wept. They had no, they wept. They lost their family, they, their children, their property, their possessions. Everything was gone. Verse 6, 
David was now in great danger because his men were bitter about losing their sons and daughters. You think? And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to the priest, Abiathar, bring me the ephod. Bring me the ephod. Somebody say, bring me the ephod. You're going to understand what that means because that, that's the tagline for today. And then with the ephod, David asked the Lord, should I chase after the band of raiders? Will I catch them? Should I go after the devils that took the very things that belong to me? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. Because you will surely recover everything that was taken from you. I'm going to share with you what the Spirit of God told me to share with you. For this very prophetic season in this return revival, bring me the ephod. Everybody say, bring me the ephod. Raise your right hand and say, bring me the ephod. I'm about to recover everything in Jesus' name. I'm about to recover absolutely everything and some. If you believe that you're going to finish this year, not even next. Some of you are waiting for the vaccine. I'm not waiting for the vaccine to step into my... I'm not waiting for the vaccine to recover. Some of you are waiting for the vaccine. God bless the vaccine, but I'm not waiting. How many believe you're going to get everything back that was taken? And some... Somebody shout, bring me the ephod. Bring me the ephod. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. They carried off the women and children. I want to say hello to Ellie and to Roger, two spiritual sons that are in the house. God bless you guys. They carried off the women and children and everyone else without killing anyone, but they, they took them. And David and his men saw the ruins, the ruins, the ruins, the Amalekites. They burned down that city and took everything in it. it bring me the ephod and prepare for daybreak. If you're going to take any notes, good luck with that. The first, the first point is, Bring me the ephod and prepare for daybreak. You'll, you'll get that in a second. They, so they arrive and everything was gone. And, and they wept until they could weep no more. Because of the ruins. Because of what was taken. They're, right now the Amalekites do spirit, that spiritual sort of metaphorical prophetic reality of our current day and age. Speaks to the Amalekites who are robbing and taking. We live in a cuckoo for Cocoa Puff time. Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. I kid you not, man. If someone would have just, I'm a Star Trek guy. I'm a Trekkie. I'm, a, I'm the real Trekkie. Not, not the new stuff. I'm the King James Version Trekkie. Just the real one, Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. So I, this, this whole space-time continuum, there's like a temporal glitch, right, in the continuum. If somebody would come back, even from two years ago, the what in the people wearing masks, the riots, everything that's happening. I mean, it's, it's just nuts. The Amalekites have arrived, ladies and gentlemen. And all around America, all around the world, all we're experiencing is communities surrounded by ruins. Either physical, economic, moral, social, cultural, political ruins. The Amalekites are alive and well. The Amalekites just want to cancel. It is the, it is, you've heard of the cancel culture. It's the Amalekites, the quintessential executioners of the reality of the cancel culture. It's not what you think out there. The cancel culture is the Amalekites agenda to cancel your
joy and your peace, your faith, your commitment to truth and righteousness and being light. The Amalekites want to ruin everything. They step in to rob the stuff that makes us who we are, the stuff that has prophetic purpose and destiny and God-ordained assignments. The Amalekites are up to it again, and they're burning things down. And all they want to do is, and that's why, let me digress here a bit, that's why the enemy strategy, though evil, is brilliant. If you can shut down the church and stop the church from gathering, if they can do that. And then in addition to that, the enemy is so brilliant, he picked an election year. If we can split the church, if we can divide the church, because every single election year, churches get notice every four years. Church, even pastors that would hang out together somehow stop hanging out on that fourth year election year. Because people are following donkeys and elephants instead of worshiping the lamb who is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So we, we permit donkeys and elephants to divide what the lamb died for. And, and the enemies, I'm going to pick an election year. Yeah. So I'm going to cancel the church and I'm going to cancel even their unity. If I can split them up, if I can have them post up against each other on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, if I, if I can divide the church based on race or political affiliation, if I can do that, I'm going to do this. I'm here to tell you that you can't cancel the blood of Jesus. I'm here to tell you, you can't cancel the cross. I don't care how much you protest. I don't care if it's trending on Twitter. You can't cancel the Father. You can't cancel the Son. And you cannot cancel the Spirit of the living God. You know why? Because we're not Starbucks. We're not Apple. We're not the NBA. We're not the NFL. We are the church of Jesus and the gates of hell shall not, will not, may not, cannot prevail against us. Oh! We need a church that lets the world know you can't cancel the love and the truth and the righteousness of God. There's an attempt by the Amalekites to do it again. And David stepped in with his troops he walked in there and saw the quintessential cancelers, the Amalekites. They took absolutely everything. They didn't even leave the Starbucks cards behind. So they arrived. And the Bible says that David wept. They all wept. And they wept. And they wept. Jesus wept, John eleven thirty five. 35. It's all right to weep. It's all right to weep. It's all right to weep. There's a season 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 to. It's, it's okay. It doesn't make you less of anything at all. In, in this, oh, and I'm going to be very transparent here, very often, very just real with you. In the midst of this COVID 19 cuckoo for Cocoa Puff world, I found myself in the. In the Early weeks of July, the first week of July, just like David, I saw just, just like David, I found myself in my Jeep Rubicon Recon Wrangler. I, that thing is anointed. It has a V8 turbo, beautiful anointing on it. It just, just goes really nice, especially. That's not the point right now. Don't, don't just distract me. All right, anyway. So I found myself in my Jeep just traveling down the road next to my house because I've discovered that my daughter picked up COVID. And she ended up in ICU. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm your, I, I did the whole standard man of God prayer. I'm your son. 
like God has dementia. <laughs> and I have to remind him, I, I'm your son. I mean, I, I can't believe, you know, what in, the, in all, all of that. And I was, I was David weeping. And that's, that's when all of a sudden this message really elevated itself to the forefront. Where, God, where I, God became angry, not at me, not at me, but with me. No, you, you missed that. He wasn't angry at Sam. He was righteously full of indignation because he is righteous indignation with me. So I'm angry going, how dare the enemy, how dare that thing get into my daughter's body? How dare my, how dare the enemy? I don't, because you are what you tolerate. You are what you tolerate. I could have tolerated that. I could have justified it even scientifically. I'm a faith and science guy. I could have done all of that, but I didn't. I come against it prophetically. And I got in my Jeep and I was weeping. And I said, how? But God. But, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God hit me. And I, and I felt God say, son, I'm not angry at you. I'm angry with you. I'm all re Matter of fact, I'm, I'm right. I felt the Lord say, you're right, Samuel. How dare the devil? How dare hell? How dare COVID-19 even put a finger on that child that has purpose from her mother's womb. I felt God say, son, this is the moment. Whatever I tell you, Samuel, you're going to get, not only is your daughter going to recover, you're going to speak prophetically into her. You're going to text her and call her. She's in ICU. All I could do is text. So I text her prophetically and I spoke to her what God told me to say. Can you not? She already testified about it on, 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 a, on a feed we did. She said, dad, that same day, you couldn't talk to me before you text me so God on everything that is holy everything you said took place you told me that God told you the angels of God had just invaded my room dad I promise you you know I'm not an emotional person you know that dad that at that very moment I felt angels invade my room before I even got my your text I felt my room full of angels I felt the angels of the Lord saying we got you I'm here to tell you right now in the name of Jesus there is a season to weep but then there is a season that's why the psalmist David said it best sorrow may last for a night but joy 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 cometh in the morning I dare you to look at your neighbor tell them nothing can stop the sun from rising you have no idea what you just said no no look at your other neighbor tell them neighbor I don't know what you're going through I don't know what hell you've been through but nothing can stop the sun from rising joy cometh in the morning joy cometh in the morning for your family, for your children, and your children's children, and your children's 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 children. Somebody shout, bring me the ephod. Bring me the ephod. Hey, he wept. He wept. We, 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 we've wept some way, some form or another. Be, be it internally or externally, we've suffered, we lost job, family members, economic melees, protests. Injustice. We wept. Oh, but joy. But joy. Somebody say, but joy. 
Joel, you, you gotta be, I, I just felt the Lord hit me. He said, look right into the eye of your storm. Right in the eye of the problem. Right in the eye of the adversity. And look at it and say, I have news for you. I don't care how big you are. You can't stop the sun from rising. Morning is inevitable. You can't stop God from blessing me. You can't stop God from turning it around in my favor. You can't stop God from pouring out favor. You can't stop God from finishing the work. Philippians 1, 6, that he started in me and my family. You can't stop God. Psalm 30, verse 5. But joy cometh in the morning. Oh, when... Let me just prophesy to you, when your children and your children, the turnaround will be so great, and there, there's a multi-generational element to this. When your children and your children's children, when you get a little bit older and your grandkids, somewhere down the 10 years, 15, 20, 25 years down the road, somebody's going to ask you, tell me about that year 2020. Because they will. They're not going to ask you about 2019. <laughs> but in the history books, Guess which year is going to pop up with its own chapter? 2020. I'm going to tell you after this message what you are not allowed to say. You are not allowed to say, oh, you mean the year of COVID. Don't you ever put a label on a year based on something that came out of hell. No, I'm, pro I'm preaching to you now. Or you, you, I, I'm prophesying to you. You're going to say, oh, you mean 2020? And they're going to think you're going to say COVID. You're going to go, oh, that year. That was the year of my breakthrough. That was the year my family got saved. That was the year my children were delivered. That was the year of my healing. That was the year of my overflow. Somebody shout like you know that God's going to turn it. Somebody shout, this is my year. This is my year. This is my year. This is my year. Don't you dare give this year over to hell. Don't you dare to label it. All right, we got to hurry. We got to hurry. So he wept, and then, then the, the, he stopped. Are there any questions? Then he wept, he wept, he wept, and then, verse 7. This is the book now. This is making it legal. Here's the book. Then he said to the priest, now he's weeping. Watch for a moment. So he's weeping for a moment. And then all of a sudden, Yeah, the, the, the optics here are great. The man is weeping. Weeps for a moment. After his weeping season was over, he did not stay in the weeping season in perpetuity. That makes him a member of the victimology club. And as Christians, we can go through things. We can weep for a season. But if you're a victim your entire lifetime, it is antithetical to Romans 8.37. You can't say you're both a victim and you are more than a conqueror through Christ our Lord. 
You're going to have to make up your mind. If you're a child of God, you're going to say, I've been through hell, but I'm not there anymore. I've been through my valley, but I'm not there anymore. I've been through my desert, but I'm not there anymore. Are there any conquerors in the house here tonight? So he said, bring me the ephod, the ephod, the ephod, according to Exodus 28 verse 4, was the elaborate garment worn by the high priest. And, and it was containing the, the elements, the stones that would enable the priest to pray and intercede to seek the will of God. So bring me the ephod was what was placed upon the priest where they would seek the will of God. In other words, this is what David was saying. Bring me the ephod meant this. He, he wept and he pivoted. All right. I, my, my weeping season is over. Bring me the ephod says, it's time to pivot. It's time for a shift. It, it, I, I want to know what God's will is, but I know this one definitive thing. I can't stay stuck here. Don't, the, the moment you say, bring me the ephod, you're saying, I'm moving on. I already wept. I got it. I, I went through pain. All of this, my mate, all, of, all that happened, but I'm not going to stay stuck in this. I'm not, I will not stay stuck in this chapter. I'm not going to, I, I need someone right now to utter, I will not stay stuck in the past. I feel an anointing as you just said that right now. That, that, you, repeat after me. I will not stay stuck in the past. I will not stay stuck in the pain. I will not stay stuck in the failure. I will not stay stuck in the shame. Somebody shout, bring me the ephod. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm ready for the next. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move forward. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, your now is not your next. Tell your other neighbor, your now is not your next. Do not confuse what you're going through to where you're going to. Oh, you missed it. Do not make the temporary permanent. Do not make, you're going through this, but you're coming out of it. Somebody shout, bring me the ephod. Philippians chapter 3 I press on towards the goal the verse 13 but one thing I do forgetting what is behind me straining towards that which is ahead Isaiah 43 same thing forget the former things do not go in the past behold I do a new thing don't you see it I need you to raise your right hand as it pertains to your past it's, and even the season you just went through or you're coming out of. It's time to tell the world. It's time to tell every devil, demon, legion, principality, and power of darkness. And even, it's time to tell yourself, you don't live there anymore. You have no idea what you just said. Even in the thinking process, the thought process, those thoughts, how dare you to say, I don't live there anymore. Say it like you believe it. Say, I don't live in failure anymore. I don't live in sin anymore. I don't live in condemnation anymore. I don't live in shame anymore. I don't live in defeat anymore. I don't live in abuse anymore. I don't live in fear anymore. And I dare you to say this. Not only do I not live there, but my children. And my children's children. My children's 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 children will never live in what God took me out of. 
Somebody shout, bring me the ephod! Bring me the ephod! You gotta move on. Tell somebody, move on. Don't stay stuck there. Move on. Let me even prophesy to you, when you move on, when you distinguish between your weeping season and your moving on season, when you have the spiritual wherewithal, the, the, the acumen, the fortitude to move on, to ask for the ephod, that's just prophetic metaphorical for seeking the will of God. The moment you do that, I'm here to tell you, your children will not inherit your sins. I'm about to drop the mic and run a little bit. Your children will not inherit your sins. Your children will inherit your blessings. Your children will not inherit your mistakes. Your children will inherit your miracles and your mantles. Somebody shout, bring me the ephah. Bring me the ephod. Bring me the ephod says, I'm not going to go through it. I'm going to grow through it. Bring me the ephod says, this is my temporary, not my permanent. Bring me the ephod means this season will not define me. This season will launch me. All right, all right. We, we got to land this here. Bring me the Bring me the ephod. We're gonna land. Are there any questions yet? Bring me the ephod means, bring me the ephod. Point number three, if you're taking any notes. <laughs> bring me the ephod, thine will be done. And David asked the Lord, should I pursue after the band of raiders? And again, he pivoted. Bring me the ephod. I'm not going to stay crying for the rest of my life. That's not, that's not what you placed me on this planet for. I'm not a permanent victim. All right. So bring me the ephod means, God, I want to know what's next. And then David asked the Lord, should I chase after the band of raiders? Will I catch them? Should I go after the very devils that took everything that belongs to me? David asked the Lord what was in his heart. I'm a, this is crazy. God, I'm going to tell you what I really want to do. I'm going to go after them. But I won't do it unless you say it's your will. That's why even with his shortcomings, moral turpitude, failures, David is recognized as a man after God's own because he would not only worship, he would seek the will of God. Did you get that? I mean, it's, this is obvious. This is, this is like, why would you need to pray for this? But he did. I, I really want to take vengeance. I want to get them. I want to, oh, le quiero alcanzar, Padre. Quiero tomar cada uno de esos ingratos, uno por uno, que me robó los niños, la familia, todo. Y los quiero, pero no lo voy a hacer. Let me translate that for those that lack the anointing of Rosetta Stone. So, what is your will? When you do the will of God according to the word of God, walking in the narrow way that is God, you will recover everything. Let me repeat that for the hearing impaired. When you do the will of God according to the word of God, walking in the narrow way that is God, you will recover everything. Oh, the will of God. Somebody say the will of God. The will of God is not easy. That's why the way is narrow. 
It's narrow. I want you to hear me now. This, you may not invite me again. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't say por qué se me invita. Me invita. But it is. But I want you to hear me. The will of God is in 2020. The will of God is a difficult thing. The will of God. The will of God will make you unpopular. There is no such thing as politically correct Christianity. There is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. There is no such thing as complacent Christianity. There is no, listen, if we're really to walk in a narrow way, to be honest with you, if we, and I don't mean this to be provocative, but if we would articulate truth with love as Christians, the will of God is truth and love. It's actually Psalm 89, 14. It's actually righteousness and justice, truth and love. Read it. Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Truth and love lead the way as attendants. That's the will of God. We should be righteousness and justice, truth and love people. If we're all, if all we are is truth people, we're either mathematicians or Pharisees. So be careful with that if all we are if all we are is love people if all we do is love if I, I can't stand the whole thing of church is going all we do is love eh, that makes you a super religious hippie because hippies love and it is but if we do truth and love we change the world in the name of Jesus you follow what I'm saying we, we need a church we need a church committed to righteousness and justice, to truth and love. And the, the will of God, that's the will of God. The will of God will make you unpopular with some. The will of God will provoke people to want to follow you. The will of God will provoke people to hate on you and lie about you. The will of God is countercultural. It, it, is, it is an alternative to, because it comes against moral relativism and cultural decadence and spiritual apathy and even ecclesiastical lukewarmness. The will of God is not an easy thing, but I'm believing there's a generation arising. Just like David, you've been through a process, you've wept, you've lost some things, but you're not staying stuck there. You're saying, bring me the ephod. I want to do the will of God according to the word of God, living in the narrow way that is Jesus. That will. All right, we, got, we really got to land this. It's the will of God. That's why Jesus prayed, thine kingdom, thine Jesus, this is Jesus praying for the will of the Father. Ah, the moment the desires of your heart aligns with the will of God, the outcome is breakthrough. When your heart's desire lines up with the will of God, the outcome is victory. You are going to get everything back when you want, when what you want is what God wants. I'm going to say that one more time. You're going to get everything back when what you want is what God wants. Raise your right hand. Just repeat after me. We're going to make this open the middle as we, if it's not in the will of God, I won't do it. If it's not in God's plans, I will not tolerate it. If it's not holy, blessed and anointed, I will not accommodate it. As for me in my house, we will live God's way in his will according to his word in Jesus name now shout the biggest amen you've given him the entire night so I gotta, I gotta finish this so David says I'm gonna go I wanna go after it and God says it's my will go after it and the Hebrew word there is chase and pursue Woo. What you chase will determine what chases you. What you pursue will determine what comes after you. 
I'm here to tell you under the anointing of God, do not pursue fame. Do not pursue fortune. Do not pursue followers. And do not pursue likes. Like, 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 like. Like 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 you are not defined by the likes of many you are defined by the love of one I just won't give you and then chase chase after the love of God first Corinthians 14:1 it literally says chase after the love of God 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Pursue, chase after righteousness. Uh, chase, you all know Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first, pursue, chase after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all things will what? So let me ask you right now, what are you chasing after? What are you pursuing? He says, before I come after what took everything that I love, I'm going to chase after your will. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue your will before I pursue my enemies. This is where people get it wrong. Here we go. Before you come after what hell robbed from you, you must come after what heaven bought for you. Before you crush the gates of hell, you must open up the windows of heaven. Before you run after the robber, you must run after the redeemer. Before you stand up and fight, make sure you kneel down and pray. Before you tell Satan to get behind you, tell Jesus to come inside of you. Before you push back darkness, turn on the light. I, I got to give you this prophetic word. I wrote it down. This is going to sound crazy for some of you. There's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic. So I want you to hear me. Before this year is over, not 2021, 2022, if you pursue God, if you from this moment on say, bring me the ephod, I'm coming after you. I'm here to tell you what God told me to tell you and I wrote it down. If you pursue him, I'm here to tell you, you have nothing to worry about for the rest of the year. Because if you pursue him, goodness and mercy, signs and wonders, blessings and favor, healings and miracle will follow you wherever you go. No, nope, you missed it. So I'm going to describe it. The next time you text somebody and tell them, I need help, it will not be because you need somebody to help you pray for the breakthrough. It will not be because you're in the middle of your pit or your valley. Somewhere before this year is over, you're going to text somebody, your circle of influence, and you're going to say, I need some help. And they're going to go, what's wrong? And you go, oh, it's not because what's going wrong. It's because of what's going right. And they're going to answer back. They're going to text, but you said you need help. And you're going to say, I mean it. I need somebody to help me carry all the blessings, all the favor, all the breakthroughs. God is sending my way. If this is for you, shout like it's all yours. Somebody worship like you're about to be taken over. All right, stand with me. You are standing. Stand, stay standing, Cortos. Bring me the ephod. <laughs> Before this year is over, 
I'm telling you the blessings and the favor. Y'all want to write this down. Goodness and mercy, signs and wonders, blessings and favor will follow you. I feel this word just like David. The same group of men that were about to just throw down on him. Because David, you're the leader, man. Somebody got to take responsibility. Our kids are gone. Our spouses, our properties, everything's gone. Our possessions. And then there was the group of men saw him weeping, calling for the ephah, pursuing after. Then they gathered. You know the story. God's going to surround you with people that can handle both the broken you and the bless you. You missed it because there are certain people that can handle the weeping you but cannot handle the bless you. The moment you get blessed, jealousy creeps in, all these things show up. You follow me? So they could handle the weeping you, but, but God's going to surround you with the kind of people that are with you in the valley and with you in the mountaintop. The kind of people that can handle you when you're broken and can handle you when you're blessed. Somebody shall bring me the ephah. We're done. You're standing with me. I just, I just want you to know this. Do not permit the thief, John 10, 10, the first part, where the enemy came to rob, kill, and destroy, but Christ came to give us life and life abundantly. Do not permit the thief to get away with anything. No. No, no, no. You want everything back. So then, bring me the ephod. I'm going to the brook. The next verse says that his 600 men that saw him weep stood up with them and they came to the brook. But then there was a division. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. We don't have time. And then the Lord told them, go after them. You will recover absolutely everything. The word everything in the Hebrew means everything. That's the Old Testament. That's the Hebrew. But if you were to cross-reference and do some Greek and some Latin, the word everything means even in the Spanish vernacular, the word everything means absolutamente todo. I need you to understand that. You, you may say, Pastor Sam, you're trying to make a joke. Oh, I'm not. Because I'm not permitting the enemy to keep 1% of what belongs to me. You missed it. No, 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 you missed it. Everything the enemy took from you, everything that was robbed, everything that prompted you to weep, I'm prophesying to you now, you're not getting some things back. You're not getting the majority of things back. You're not even getting 99.9% .9 of things back. You're getting everything back that was lost, everything back that was stolen. Somebody shout everything, everything, everything. You're you're getting your health back. You're getting your family back. You're getting your finances back. You're getting your joy back. You're getting your peace back. You're getting everything back. Everything. Nothing. The Bible says, verse 19, nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. Lift up your hands. So I've traveled to San Antonio, Texas 
from the totalitarian Republic of California. I've come into this place to tell you prophetically that you that you don't need a vaccine to get everything back. If you are washed by the blood of Jesus, if you call upon the name of the Lord, if you are filled with the spirit of the risen Christ, Romans 8, 11, put a smile on your face and a shout on your lip. I'm even prophesying to you, you won't even need to wait till next year before this year is over. You are getting everything back. If you actually believe it, I want you to shout like you believe it, worship like you believe it, dance like you believe it, rejoice like you believe it. We're getting everything back. We're getting everything back. The church in America, we're getting everything back. We're getting everything back. Lift up your hands. I'll give it to Pastor. I hear the sound of a church standing up saying we're getting everything back. I hear the sound of a church arising. I hear the sound of a church that was weeping, but it's wiping off the tears. I hear the sound of a church saying, bring me the ephod. I hear the sound of a church saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I hear the sound of a church. Oh. <laughs> hear the sound of a church I sense this in the spirit of God the church that gets everything back is the church that comes together I, I'm gonna say it again the church that gets everything back is the church that comes together the, the next movement to transform America the, 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 ladies and gentlemen I know there are movements out there I get that but the most powerful transformative movement is the church of Jesus. We are the movement. You may not invite me back, but it's okay. I love you. We cannot follow the culture. The culture should be following us. You missed it. Right now, the culture is saying, do jumping jacks. And many sectors of the church, many of my fellow brothers and sisters who I love, who are saved, they're beautiful, but we're following, you tell us what to do, jumping jacks, and the church is doing jumping jacks. Go like this, peekaboo, and the church is doing peekaboo. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus did not die. He did not resurrect and send the Holy Spirit for us to be the tail. We are not to be the tail. We are called to be the head. We must lead the way and shall bring me the ephod. We're about to get everything I hear the sound of the bones of the church coming together. I hear the sound of black, white, brown, and yellow coming together. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I'm going to say it because I don't give a holy hoot. I pastor a church in California with multiple campuses. Our, the church I have the, the, the blessing to pastor is 40% black. 
African-American, 40% white, 20% Latino and Asian, even though we have at each camp as a Spanish alone speaking ministry. It looks like heaven. I mean, just like I came in here and I went like, heaven, I want you to hear me. If there's something the devil would like to destroy, he wants to destroy, it's this kind of church. I, I mean it. He will love it if there is a target because this is the answer to America's problem. No, you missed it. If we can worship together and praise together and pray together and prophesy together, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church of Jesus. Are you with me right now? Somebody praise like you know. I'm getting everything back. We're gonna get everything back. So, so we did this for a while for six months. That season is official. 8:49 p.m. That season is officially over. Somebody should just go like and stand up and go like that season is over. As for me and my house, make room, baby. I'm about to get everything back and some and the spoils. Everything back. Everything back. Everything back. Everything back. Everything back. Everything back. We're going to get everything back. The Amalekites, you know the story, they got everything back. And bad guys were defeated and y'all got the story and even the spoils of war so that's us we're the ephod people bring me the ephod thank god we don't need a physical ephod all you do is pray in the name of jesus you'll discover according to the word of god and you'll discover the will of god that serves as a prophetic metaphor and illustration for our reality so stand up now that you're no longer weeping i want you to look at the pharaohs that are telling us that we can't worship and tell Pharaoh, let my people go so they may worship. Now that you're no longer weeping, look at Nebuchadnezzar who is demanding that you bow. And you need to say, hey, I am not going to surrender my faith on the altar of political expediency. The Goliath of bigotry, bring that giant down with the stone of charity in the name of Jesus. Bring it down. And then, when, you, when you're in the will of God, you can do what Jesus did in Luke 13. And when Herod was threatening to kill him and sent the message to the Pharisees, and one of the greatest pushbacks ever, Jesus said, go tell that fox. Jesus got into name calling. I'm not making that up. He did. Holy name calling. Go tell that fox. I'm going to continue to cast out demons. I'm going to continue to heal the sick. Because on the third day, I will fulfill my purpose. In other words, go tell that devil, I'm going to continue to set people free. I'm going to continue to heal the sick. Because my best day is still ahead of me. Lift up your hands. 
If you haven't been through anything, this message is not for you. Matter of fact, if you haven't been through anything in the past year, two years, three years, four years, put your hand down. But if you know what it is to weep, either physically or internally, if you know what it is to be full of angst and pain, if you know what it is to ask questions to God, and God is not afraid of your questions. It's not the kind of God we serve. If you know what it is to be in that season, and this message is for you. The Spirit of the living Lord is telling you here tonight, nothing can stop my son from rising. Joy is inevitable because you can't stop mourning from showing up. God is telling you, you say, bring me the epoch. Seek the will of God according to the word of God. Walk in the narrow way that is God. And you will recover everything and more. If this word is 178.3% for you, raise one hand. If it's 180% plus for you, raise both hands. If your children and your children's children will never live on what God took you out of, raise both hands and a foot. If you know that your children will not inherit your sins, but they will inherit your blessings, raise both hands, both feet, and give God the last praise of this evening from this pulpit from the prison. Somebody shall bring me the ephod. Eight fifty-three. I don't know how we. Well, you know, I don't know what to do. This, this COVID protocol. This is weird. We got five minutes here. The COVID protocol. Um, how do we do it? Um, okay. Um, I listen. It's. The covering of the blood of Jesus. Here it is. Revelation 12, 11. We're covered. Here's what we're doing. All I want you to do, if not, not everybody, but if you felt Pastor Sam, I, God brought me in this service because this message is for me. I mean, I mean really for me because I was, I'm no, I was this, and after this service, I'm no longer, I'm still, I'm getting, that's me. So if that's you, and you're willing to get out of that season, never to go back there because you're gonna, the ephod and the spirit. If I'm gonna count the three somehow, walk out of your seat, go somewhere that shows God, you're coming out of one season and stepping into another. Ready? One, two, three, do it now. Just show God you're, that you're stepping out of one season and stepping into another. And just say, bring me the ephod. 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 I'm getting everything back. I'm getting everything back. I'm getting everything back. I'm getting everything back. Every single person here, Heavenly Father, seal. By the authority of your spirit, seal this word in perpetuity in every heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Let them see the fullness and the fulfillment of this word, even this very evening, oh God. Show them 
what full recovery looks like. In addition to getting everything back, even above that, the spoils, things that they were not even part of their portfolio. Lord, thank you, mighty God, for you rewarding righteousness and the pursuit of righteousness and truth and love. Thank you, God. Bring me the ephod. Thank you for your spirit, your word, and your will. Now, Lord, I pray that the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, the anointing of God's precious Holy Spirit, make the rest of this year, believe it or not, the best year of our lives thus far. Are you ready? Hey, saints, go do it. Get everything back. Let's do one thing together. In the name of Jesus, let's go change the world. God bless you. God keep you. Give God praise for the reverend Samuel Rodriguez. I told you last night, I told you last night that that the the first service that we they locked us out of here and we had to go to the parking lot. The, the first service, I I went home and just prayed and cried and the Lord birthed the dream of this event in my heart. And I believe he birthed it in my heart for you. Okay? This is for you. Look at somebody and say, this is for you. Listen, this word tonight is for you. It was for you. It didn't cost you nothing. You didn't have to pay registration to get in here. You can't buy a CD because it's online for free. You don't have to pay nothing. This was for for you. But I believe with all of my heart that tomorrow night will be as well. Please hear me in your spirit. Don't miss Pastor Robert Madu closing out the return revival tomorrow night at seven o'clock. May the Lord your God bless you. May the Lord your God keep you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you go in grace and safety and strength. And may you remember the word spoken to you this night by the Spirit of God through his vessel. In Jesus' name, amen. We